On episode 5 of the Goal Side podcast, Daniel Mirsajadin, creator of the Daniel Teaches Experience podcast, joins me in to talk about his knowledge on psychology and how that relates to the world of sports. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Goal Side podcast, where we talk about historical and current events in the world of soccer. And we are on episode five, and today we're kind of switching things up a bit. Um, I'm here with, uh, you know, one of the hardest workers I know and uh, my good friend and the creator of the Daniel Teaches Experience podcast, Daniel Mirsajadin. Thanks for joining me, man. Uh, hopefully I didn't mess up your last name there, but uh, yeah, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you for that warm introduction, Michael. Thank you, thank you. So um, I am going to steal your intro here, but uh, <laughs> uh, if you don't mind, you know, just if you could tell the listeners just a little bit about yourself. For sure. Of course, of course, of course. Um, sorry, my friend. Let me just turn that off. Yeah. Beautiful. Sweet. So, uh, again, my name is Daniel, as our wonderful uh, host, Michael, just introduced me in. I'm, you know, working with the Daniel Teachers Experience, having my own podcast, Daniel Teachers YouTube channel. Basically, in high school, I took psychology courses, absolutely fell in love with them, and thought to myself, okay, like, I, I want to talk about psychology all the time. And, you know, my friends can only hear so much, right, before they, they start losing their minds. And I was thinking, you know what, man, we got to start a podcast. We got to do YouTube. I want to put my thoughts out there, not to preach that, you know, I have the answers to life, but just out of curiosity to, well, you know, if I think, you know, X about mental health or about sports or whatever, you know, do people agree with me? Do they disagree with me? Do they have a different perspective? So really just putting that out there to see, you know, what uh, people's takes are on, on my takes. And we can eventually have a nice articulated discussion and then lead to greater knowledge. But um, yeah, man, so it's podcasting, YouTubing on the side, you know, exercise, uh, not to mention I'm studying at UVic right now, psychology. So it's just study as much as I can, put it out there into the universe, whether that be through podcasts, whether that be through TikTok. And uh, honestly, just exercise in between just to, just to keep our, our head on our shoulders. Yeah. Um, so you're pretty much everywhere on like all platforms, right? Yes, my friend. We try to. We try to be on everything. <laughs> absolutely everything. Uh, I know uh, Gary Vee is kind of a big influencer on you. Huge, so, uh, huge. Yeah. Uh, so is that, that kind of where you got the idea to, you know, start this podcast and just putting it out uh, everywhere? Yeah, man, 100%, 100%. I remember it was, I believe it was December time, and I was really interested in uh, starting a podcast. And I remember I was looking up a bunch of different podcast hosting sites. For anyone who's not aware, when you want to start a podcast, you need an RSS feed, and you basically need a website that will uh, save all of your, your audio for you. Yeah. And those cost money per month, right? They can be $10 a month, $15 a month. And I was like, man, I could not find a platform that could for free until yeah. Gary V literally put out a, a this PDF that was something ridiculous like 64 pieces of content in one day and <laughs> in it he had this beautiful model he said hey listen if you want a podcast do it on anchor anchor is the the free way to go and the rest was history yeah I'm I'm using anchor too and I'm like really impressed with uh you know it just puts it out on everything right um you know even though it takes a couple of days to, you know, get it out onto iTunes and stuff. But now um, I'm only like four episodes in. This is the fifth episode. And uh, now my podcast is on iTunes, Spotify. How uh, cool is that? Oh, man. I know, right? Um, yeah, it, it's such a good, like, especially when you're starting out podcasting, it's, it's such a great tool. 
Definitely, my friend, definitely. I mean, it's free, very simple to use, user-friendly. I, I definitely recommend it. Anchor, you know, let's be partners so we can sponsor you and we can make some money. <laughs> um, so for those of you uh, listening, um, Daniel and I actually met way back in high school. Um, how long was it? Like four or five years ago? Holy smokes, man. This must have been, I want to say four years ago? Yeah. Years ago. Oh, right, right. Maybe, yeah. Maybe five years ago. I, I don't know. We're, we're, we're getting old. We're getting old. <laughs> we are getting old, my friend. We're getting old. Oh, man. How are you now? 20? 19? Yes, sir. We are 20. So that means you're 21? I'm still 20. My birthday's in December. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So yeah. I'm, I'm basically a 2000. 2008. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. You know, it kind of sucks. You know, everyone my age is turning 21 and uh, I still got to wait for uh, December to drink in the States. <laughs> oh, gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> fair point. Fair point. David 19, that kind of sucks. <laughs> well, I mean, in one way, you know, when you're like 79 and all your friends are 80, you'll be like, oh, <laughs> I'm all of you. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, yeah, so uh, when you're talking about those psychology classes, I know exactly what you're talking about, uh, Mr. Doherty, Um, you know, grade 12, I think, psychology. I know when um, you were, you know, when I, I guess when we met, um, you weren't really, like you were confident, but you were kind of shy at times too, right? me, I was a complete opposite. I was, I was so shy, but, um, how, how did you kind of like, you know, gain that confidence? Was it just through like personal experience or, or something else? That is a great question, Micah. I would undoubtedly say uh, a huge part of the confidence came in. I would take acting classes, right? All throughout high school. And um, there was just something, man, like, first of all, when you're up in front of people, it can be pretty scary, especially if you don't know people especially if there's people in the crowd who you may be trying to impress for different reasons, right? And man, there's something about like, like you embarrass yourself, you know, and you, you, just, you just do horribly and people laugh when they're not supposed to laugh. Yeah. Or you go up there and you just kill it. But eventually, you know, you find that, you know, when people laugh at you on stage or, you know, if they applaud you, it just, it, it builds up, right? It builds up and it almost makes you a little bit more thick skin. So I think acting classes 100% help. That's 50%. The other 50%, I would 100% give to conscious reflection. And for anyone listening, they're like, what the heck is he talking about? Basically, what I did was this. I sat down one day, and I swear to you, I have the piece of paper still. It is in a journal that I have. I wrote down, I said, okay, I want to be confident. I said, all right, well, who do I know that's confident? And I wrote down two or three people that I really idolized, like role models. I believe one of them was The Rock. Just yeah. for just for reference. And I said, okay, what does The Rock do? And I remember I watched him. I watched his interviews. I watched the way he walked, the way he talked. And I really observed his behavior. Then I tried to compare. I said, okay, well, how many of the things that he does am I already doing? If The Rock stands up with his shoulders back, am I doing that? You know, if The Rock is super expressive with his hand motions, do I do that? And basically, I really thought about all the things that he was doing that I wasn't. And I tried to consciously think to myself, okay, Daniel, this is an acting project. You're going to act exactly like The Rock would. So when I would eat food, I would you know, have a certain posture. I would eat a certain way. I would talk a certain way. Now, anyone listening to this is going to be like, well, Daniel, that sounds super fake. Like, what? Right? But just hear me out. Hear me out. So yeah. I kept reminding myself consciously until eventually what happened was two to three months in, the conscious, you remind yourself, it becomes subconscious. 
So then you see yourself doing things like standing up tall, talking loudly, being confident, this and that, but you don't have to remind yourself anymore because you did it for so much right. now it's become automatic. And I think that was it, my friend. That was definitely it. At that point, you're just, the system takes over. I know um, I want to talk about like psychology in, um, in sports because I think, you know, playing a sport is one thing, but in a way, psychology is a sport inside a sport inside of the sport, if that kind of makes any sense. Very interesting. Very interesting. Let's break that down. Let's break that down. What do you mean yeah. by that, my friend? Um, so I think like, you know, you're playing a sport, right? And you're just kind of playing it for fun. But, you know, the ones that really um, make it, you know, uh, the difference between recreational and professional. Like, I know there's a lot of players like like myself. Like, I have a lot of uh, – the talent in in soccer um but you know the ones that really make it have that mentality of just flipping it on and off 24 7 right and uh especially now with the quarantine all the professional players i know who you know i work for pacific fc and so i'm i talked to to some of the players and um they're still working out they're still eating healthy. Whereas myself, you know, I have on and off weeks, right? I appreciate your honesty. Yeah. So that, that, that's kind of what I think about, um, psychology and sport. I think it's just, it's super beneficial for, um, you know, it, it, it can, uh, influence whether you win or lose a game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, definitely, my friend, definitely. Now, how much of that? Now, Micah, you know, tell me a little bit about, you know, the discipline that it takes to go to trainings when you don't feel like it or, you know, or even like when you lose a game, does that kind of like, like if you have a fire, does that ignite the fire to be stronger, to go back harder the next time? Or, or, or does it defeat really, I don't want to say like cripple a person or, or does, it, does it weigh on you pretty heavily? So I think when I was playing, I think I was – I was more of a team captain, even though I was, uh, it was kind of weird. Like when I was at school in high school, I was really quiet, but playing soccer, I was loud. Very cool. I I guess it was like, I know what I'm talking about. And um, just, you know, getting coached by some top quality coaches, Um, you just, get to know stuff more than other people and uh just just being confident in the sport of soccer that's that that's how i um became you know extroverted in playing and then uh at school i was the complete opposite um but and then moving on to when i started coaching i was sort of about the same at school because i didn't know too much about coaching right um so i was you know just just kind of myself, just really quiet, introverted. Um, you know, it, it took me a couple of years to to gain confidence and, and, and talk about um, just helping people, you know. For sure. Now, Mike, my man, how old were you when you began coaching? Uh, 17. Wow, that's 17. incredible, man. Yeah. Um, so after high school, I uh, – I was thinking because I went to UVic too. I was thinking about playing for the the UVic soccer team, um, but I was like, you know, a few years ago I was I was pretty small and, and skinny. I was like, I, I, I don't think I could really play um, at this level, right? Or uh, 
know, I was uh, just a local kid, right? Um, but my um, my parents went to Parksville with me on their anniversary um, a few years ago, and uh, my dad got this offer to to coach uh, this Division One women's soccer team. He was actually going to uh, stop coaching because. Uh, I was graduated and uh, my brother was playing for um, another team. So he wasn't coaching both of us anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. So he was like, oh, I'll, I'll just take a break and, uh, and uh, you know, just, just stop coaching and maybe, you know, work on his other passions, right? Um, so we were just talking. Um, we were just at the, at the hotel eating dinner and um, – he was talking to me about how he got this offer to coach um, a Division One women's soccer team in uh, in Langford, and uh, he was like, "I I don't know if I want to do this because I'm like kind of fifty fifty, but I was like, well, if, if I'll assistant coach if if you want, I think it'd be good experience." And uh, so we did that, and uh, it's been three years now since um, since coaching. That's so crazy, man! Wow. Yeah. I know it's 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 weird because there's a big difference from coaching um, a men's team and a women's team. Ooh, break it down for the people who don't know, including me. <laughs> I don't know what is it, my friend. <laughs> How is it different? I, uh, you know, I think um, it, it's just the way you talk, right? Um, you know, there's things where uh, when I was playing. Um, I don't know exactly like what terms or, or um, uh, just, just how you talk to your team, right? Um, it's different for different groups, right? Because you, you talk, for you, like during school, you talk to your acting or drama class different than you talk to the sports guys, right? For sure. Okay. Okay. That's yeah. you. Um, but for the men's and women's teams, uh, I know for the men's, you know, I, I, uh, I don't know. It, it, it's just a different way of talking. I, I think you really have to articulate yourself when you're talking about the women's team. You can't really be broad. Um, um, but in the men's, they kind of understand, you know, if you're talking a bit broad, you, they, they kind of understand the, the, the little details that go underneath that. And uh, when I was coaching my women's team, especially starting off, like, you know, I talk the way I talk to my team when I was playing youth soccer <laughs> and you know, sometimes they didn't really understand that. So I did really dig deep and, uh, and talk about that. That's awesome. How old are they, man? What is the, the age group? They're uh, just women. So over, over 18. So it's about oh, 18, gotcha. 18 to like 40. Oh, wow. Yeah. See? Cool, man. Very, I was very, 17, very... 17. <laughs> That's so cool, Michael. Michael, my man, what would you say is the hardest thing about coaching? Um, you know, I think sometimes you just get really frustrated because sometimes you don't see improvement. And, uh, you know, sometimes you just want to hop in. At least, like for me, like I played, I I, uh, I always just want to hop into the practices and uh, show them, but I can't, right? Mm-hmm sometimes it's, it's it's just frustrating like when you're coaching and you know you're you're doing well in practice and then they don't per, they don't do that in games or sometimes they don't see 
the big picture and they just don't um, believe in, in the thing they're doing. Oh, I see. Yeah. Now, what would you say, Micah, is the best thing about coaching? Best thing about coaching? Um, I think just the, the friendships you make. Um, it is, at least for me, like when I started, um, I didn't really know a whole lot about the women's game. And then having some people, especially older than me, um, having the older group um, guiding me and, you know, uh, helping me out in my first season, uh, that, that really helped me. Um, and then just building off those relationships. Good, man. Good. Yeah. Um, so you said you're studying uh, psychology. Um, yes, sir. At UVic, um, how's how's that going? It's going well, my friend. It's going well. Um, fortunately, and um, no, I should say fortunately. Fortunately, you know, when you start studying anything, they give you the wide grasp of everything. So yeah. anyone in high school knows, you know, even though you don't want to be, you know, a chemist, you have to take science and iron, right? So you basically you want to try every single class to see what you like doing. So in right. psychology, there's many different paths, right? There's like. Um, there's the, the like neurological talking about like, you know, how our thoughts formed and how do we perceive light to lifespan and development? How does a person's brain change from a baby to an adult to, you know, like clinical mental health, depression, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, it, it's interesting just to, to get a, a, a whiff of, of each section. Yeah. I, I know when, uh, because I, I went to you Vic as well. And, um, I had a totally different experience. Um, I actually switched to Camosun because, you know, I, I kind of just felt like a, a number in the class just because there's so many people. Um, and then you don't really get to know, at least for me, like I'm, I wasn't the super most confident person, right? So I didn't get the chance to get to know the teachers or gotcha. the other students except the two people beside you. For sure, for sure, for sure. So how, how are you coping, you know, transitioning from a really small high school, right? From going to Lambrick where, you know, there's 400 kids, uh, you get to know everyone to going to you, Vic, and, and, you know, not, not knowing that many people. You're right, man. It's, it's tough. It's really tough. I remember in grade 12, grade 12 was, was a really good year for me. You know, I, I really, I made it a goal to know like almost everyone. I was like, I don't care if they're my age. I don't care if they're two years younger than me. Um, yeah. So yeah, definitely, you know, going to UVic, you're in this class with like 150, 200 kids. And my mindset was like, oh, if it's a bigger class, there's more people to meet. But it's, right. it's this weird psychology where it's actually, no, if it's a smaller class, it's cozy, it's easier to meet people. When there's like 150 people, like for whatever reason, when you go to class, if it's, if it's not a crowded class, and my friend Brandon Turner pointed this out to me, he said, Daniel, you see this, you see one person sitting, a space in between, another person sitting, a space in between. And it's like, it's, it's hard to talk to people. Yeah. So in that first year, man, it, it was definitely, it was definitely a little bit shaky, just trying to get to know people, trying to get to know the professor. And for anyone who, you know, either is in their first year of university or whatever, you know, those big classes, please don't feel bad if you don't make too many friends your first year. It is completely normal. <laughs> many people don't. I know when um, I was taking this English class, just like basic English, because that's what you need for every degree, right? And um, I, I was taking economics um, in first year. Uh, also didn't really know what I wanted to do as well. It was just kind of like sure. kinda testing the waters. Uh, and uh, I was just in this English class and uh, you know, I just met 
some people. And uh, this one guy next to me uh, from Calgary, he's like, oh, we're, I, I was just asking him like what, uh, what program he's in. He was like, oh, economics. I'm like, oh, what? I'm, I'm in the same program. And we actually um, happen to be in the exact same class. That's um, cool, man. That's awesome. Exact same economics class, and we had no idea until like halfway through the semester. Because <laughs> <laughs> okay. we had like 450 kids in our in our class. That's insane. a lot of kids, man. Yeah. Um, I also took a psychology class. Um, oh no way! That's so cool. I had no idea. It's like 100 B. Oh, it's like in, intro to psychology. It was like one of my electives. It was pretty pretty interesting. I don't remember too much about it, but it was there was some interesting stuff. Um, I think talking about like consciousness and the subconscious subconsciousness, and oh, uh, you know the stuff we try to forget and just push deep down into into our brains. Yeah, man, totally. Just like repressing some like bad memories or emotions yeah. rather than repressing them and letting them out. Totally, dude. Totally. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're done second year now. We're done second year. That is correct. Are, yes. Sir. What, what are your plans for, um, you know, after getting your degree? A great question. So my plans for right now, Micah is, um, if everything goes well, you know, I come out, I, I have uh, really good grades. I'm, I'm interested in pursuing a master's. Okay. Pursuing a master's and possibly even PhD. And the biggest reason for that is that I'm a fan of, um, teaching. So being a prof somewhere. Yeah. Or possibly even opening up my own, like, uh, like private practice, my own, like, you know, counseling place. Sounds that that sounds awesome. Um, and then any things about like you know continuing the podcast and uh, um, just growing your brand over all these uh, platforms. Oh, for sure, man. Totally. Like between me and you, Michael, like the, what I just told you, I'm not a hundred percent sure about why, cause things change. What yeah. if I get like to anyone listening? Um, I have decent grades. They're not amazing. Like they're in like the seventies mark. Like my average is about a B minus B with that said, I believe to get into grad school for masters. I want to say it's a minimum of a minus maybe B plus. Right. So there's a very good chance I get to, to, you know, I finish my bachelor's degree. I apply for masters and they'll go, sorry, Daniel, your grades aren't high enough. And now immediately when I say that, you know, it's like, would I get upset because, oh, my grades aren't high enough or do I get happy? Because if my grades aren't high enough, well, what is that telling me? It's saying, hey, Daniel, listen, for whatever reason, you just, you weren't passionate enough for class or, right. you know, just the material didn't click. Why would you want to go for another five or six years studying the same stuff if it's not going to click like that for you? Yeah. So with respects to the podcast, man, in my opinion, the podcast hopefully is something that I want to do for the rest of my life. Like 100%. Like, from now until then, and it's just, it's just for fun, you know, whether I have one listener or 10,000s, like, it, yeah. I find it just so cool, man, and I, I would love to get your thoughts on, you know, your plans for your podcast, but with regards to, like, other social media apps, like, listen, YouTube and TikTok, they might not exist 10, 15 years from now, it might be tree and lipstick, but it's going to be the same thing, right? You're able to express your opinions, but yeah, man, like, like for life, I, I want to do this stuff for life, and if it does blow up, I would absolutely love it, too. You know, could you imagine like, Michael, for example, your podcast gets like a hundred thousand listeners a month yeah. and now you're getting paid. You have sponsorships. You get like, like these world-class football players. Hi, you know, this is Michael with Goldside and I'm sitting beside Neymar. Neymar, how are you? Like, I'm good, brother. You know, like, wouldn't that be crazy? Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Now, how about yourself? How about yourself, my man? Uh, what, what are your plans? So actually this podcast, I was actually going to make it soccer and basketball. Oh, no way. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't really find, you know, a good name or, uh, Interesting. 
I thought it was going to be really broad. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so maybe I might open up a second podcast just talking about basketball. Um, but um, yeah, if, if you didn't know, I was a big basketball fan for as long as I've been watching soccer. Really? That's crazy. Man. I feel like you've, you've told me something about it, but I wasn't aware it was as big as soccer. Yeah. Uh, I started watching sports in general in about 2008. Mm, uh, and then for, for about a year, yeah. And for about a year, I was just kind of watching soccer. That's kind of what my dad put on TV yet. Of course, of course. You know, every Sunday morning, you watch, the, you watch Barcelona versus Real, or Real Madrid or yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, that's awesome. The games, that's right, awesome. or the or the Premier League, and then after a year, I think I started getting into hockey and basketball and and uh, even baseball and and just a whole wide variety of sports and uh, and then I just started, you know, learning about those sports and now um, getting a little bit on into school. Um, doing sports management, uh, I'm getting to learn about the behind the scenes stuff. So, you know, how to, how to market your brand in uh, sports, how to make an event, how to, um, sign players and, and scouting and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, uh, yeah, I was a huge basketball fan for, for a long time. Still am. I'm probably watching basketball more than any other sport right now. Wow, I had no idea. That's crazy, man. That's so cool. What's your What's your favorite team? Uh, the Raptors, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was a big Raptors fan since like 2010. So I, I'm I, I'm not one of those like bandwagon fans just because they <laughs> ship and. Uh... Oh man, I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> oh man, that's cool, man. That's awesome. And uh, I don't know. I I might do like a YouTube channel as well. We'll We'll, we'll see how that goes. Um. But yeah, for now, you know, it, it's just the podcast. I might open up a basketball thing, and uh, we'll we'll just go from there, you know. Um, and then for school, um, I kind of want to work for a pro soccer team, or just a pro sports team in general. I don't really care because the the skills are so transferable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and. You know, I'm already working for a pro sports team right now. Um, it, it, it's great. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's just an entry-level position. I want to get up into those front office roles. For sure. For sure, for sure. Oh, that'd be so cool, man. Getting paid to do what you love or to be involved in what you love. Yeah. I, I think you, you, you've won life. If you can get to there, I really believe you've won life. <laughs> I, I think also if, if you're happy. Then, for sure, of course. Yeah. Of course, yeah. of course. That, that, that's kind of what success – I talked about it in my last episode where um, uh, success uh, for me is just happy, being happy. I'm so happy you said that, Micah. I'm so, so, so happy you said that. Um, now switching over to, um, you know, psychology of sports, I think we've already talked about this, but, you know, the importance of the mind in physical activity. Um you know, I, I gave my answer already, but, um, you know, you're an active guy. You, you work out. Um, maybe, I, I don't know, you're doing some homework workouts right now with the, with the quarantine. 
Yeah, man, totally. It's I, I'm so much happier. I'm sure you can relate to, you know, when you work out that feeling of adrenaline, you know, from a psychology aspect, whenever we exercise, there's a hormone that's called serotonin that gets released. Right. And serotonin basically, man, it makes you feel happier. It pushes away any anxiety. It pushes away any pain. It actually um, extends your, your, your lifespan. So people who have regular, uh, what's the word? who have more serotonin in their bodies regularly tend to live longer than the people who don't. And serotonin contributes hugely to confidence. So yes, my friend, working out just makes me super, yeah. super happy. That's really interesting. Um, but how, how important do you think, you know, the mind is with physical activity? I think it's unbelievably important, Michael. Like, yeah. I think it's so great. Like I was watching um, episode two, I'm sure you've already finished it. The uh, Michael Jordan documentary right. series yeah. on Netflix. And man, just based on that and just so many athletes, you see there's, there's a reoccurring pattern, right? Whether it's him, whether it's a Messi or a Ronaldo or a bless his soul, Kobe Bryant, they have this, this, you know, this, this wake up at five in the morning and go after it, you know, like this thing where even if their, their body is, is it's tired and sore, it's like their mind pushes them through and it is so admirable. I don't know whether you want to call it like will, like the will to win or, or what it is, man. But I think, you know, whenever you look at greatness, whenever you think of people who have done incredible things, it has to start with a thought. It has to start with a thought yeah. that goes, I can, I want to, I will. And then just, again, just the will, right? Just the, the power mindset to go, you know, I am going to be the greatest ever at this. So yeah. un undoubtedly, my friend, yes. I, I was actually speaking of Kobe. Um, I saw this one thing where uh, one of his teammates, you know, maybe like 10 years ago, um, he he asked Kobe to, you know, work out with him. And, uh, you know, he, Kobe was like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll work out at five o'clock. So, you know, his, his, his teammate was like, okay, five o'clock, that's fine. Uh, get up at, you know, go to sleep, at, you know, late, like, you know, like midnight or something. Get up at, you know, just do your normal day. Five o'clock, he's waiting outside of his house. And Kobe was like, no, we're, we're working out at five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. I had uh, a feeling didn't go that route. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, Kobe is just a, such a, I don't know. I, I don't think there's going to be any, anybody like him. Yeah. Why is that? I think um, just because how, like, focused he was. And, uh, you know, did, did he – you know, he tore his Achilles and, and still played uh, the rest oh, of the wow. game. Jeez, man. Have you heard about that? No, my oh. friend. I, I had not. This is the first time I'm hearing about it. This is about late in his career as well. Um, yeah, fourth fourth quarter, tore his Achilles and and uh, still, still played the rest of the game. That's nuts, man. Holy smokes. Wow. Goodness. I know. It, 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 it's insane. I, I don't know if he could really feel pain either. He's just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, maybe. That really is insane. Goodness. Oh, man. Um, okay, now mo moving on back to your uh, psychology stuff. Um, you're reading a lot of books recently. Um, I Honestly, I, I haven't read a book in like eight months, maybe. I appreciate your honesty. But uh, what, what books are you uh, reading currently? Currently, my friend, I am reading three books at the moment. Oh, I actually have them here. So uh, one of the first books I'm reading is called 12 Rules for Life by Dr. Peterson. Now, Dr. Jordan Peterson, I don't know if many people have heard of him through YouTube. So basically what he did was he's this professor at Harvard 
who now works at the University of Toronto, and he was uploading his lectures on YouTube and giving them catchy titles like, you know, how to find purpose in your life, or why nice guys finish last, or, you know, how to work harder, you know, like X, Y, and Z. And basically, he talks about really, really cool things. And actually, in the very first chapter of this book, he talks about serotonin with respects to confidence with respects to how having your shoulders back actually secretes more serotonin, which in return makes you more confident, which repeats the cycle. That's a fantastic book. I would recommend. The other two books, my friend, are Awaken the Giant Within by Tony Robbins. Now, this is one that came out many, many, many years ago, but uh, for anyone who's big into the self-help world or self-development world knows that Tony Robbins is one of the, the, the biggest, most famous most richest, most successful self-development guys. And the crazy thing is, I don't think he has a, he has a, uh, what's the word, any credentials past high school. Like, I don't think he ever went to college oh. or university. He basically just ended up volunteering for like the super um, experienced guy by the name of Jim Rohn. Jim Rohn took Tony under his wing, taught him everything he knows. And Tony Robbins is basically in this book talking about limiting beliefs, um, raising your standards, and really, you know, telling people like, hey, you're smarter than you think you are. You know, like, don't be afraid to push yourself forward. Yeah. And lastly, the final book, which is one that is, it's basically the, the father of all self-development, self-improvement books. It is called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Now, my friends, this book came out in 1937. So just to give you some perspective, this was two years before World War II. Yeah. Hitler, Hitler was walking around <laughs> before this book was, <laughs> was published. And basically, my curiosity was, what is so special about this book? that it keeps getting republished. And it's one of those cool things where the facts that are stated in 1937 are still applicable in 2020, which is like just insane, mind boggling. What type of things are, are, you know, still relevant today in that book? So uh, for example, my friend, the, the biggest thing that Think and Grow Rich focuses on is actually going back to an earlier conversation of the psychology in, um, in, in like physical activity is it yeah. talks about mindset a lot. So it talks about, it gives you a couple of stories of people who succeeded and it gives you this pattern. So I'm not all the way through the book, so I can't, you know, give you a full review on it. But yeah. the gist that I'm getting is this. It's like, hey, look at this person's success story. Look at this person's success story. And it talks a lot about this will, this will that they did not accept failure as, um, as, as a way to stop. You know, they did not take no for an answer. You kept pushing and you failed one time and five times and 50 times, but you kept on pushing. And basically the gist of the book was if you want it bad enough, it, you can make it happen. Wow. I, I think that's really relevant in, um, in sports too. Mm -hmm. you know? um, especially, you know, after you lose a game, you know, you just keep on pushing forward. Totally, man. Totally. And really just having the mental strength to go, you know, it's okay to lose. You know, I didn't really lose. I learned. It was a lesson. To push exactly. And, exactly. You know, you know when, when, when I'm coaching, you know, every loss is, 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 a, is a learning curve for the players. And I, awesome. I try to awesome. articulate that um, as best I can, you know, you know me. <laughs> of course, of course, of course. <laughs> You're like, well, you guys suck. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna help their self-esteem and lead them to victory. Yeah. Oh. You know, speaking of physical activity, have you uh, thought about doing anything else besides, you know, just working out at the gym? Ooh, you know, my friend, it's a it's a thought that crosses my mind. A part of me wants to. A part of me wants to. You know, um, what's the word? Just get involved into something else, just for the sheer experience of it. At right. the moment, I really, I know this sounds like an excuse, but I'm just so focused on the podcast and uploading on time and posting on Twitter and Instagram. It's like I'm, I'm almost wearing myself thin. Yeah. So I feel like if I have a few more weeks or even a few more months to just really 
get a good structure going, have everything scheduled. Because right now I'm, I'm in the phase of, you know, oh, a podcast comes out this day and then randomly another day. Like I'm trying to really stick to a good schedule. When that happens, I would love to join something else. I would, I would love to, to get involved in some other physical activity. Um, what I would recommend, you know, once this whole COVID uh, quarantine thing's mm-hmm. over, um, getting into the intramural, intramurals at UVic, um, you know, there's soccer, uh, I think there's like basketball, field mm-hmm. hockey. There's a, there's a wide variety of sports. I definitely recommend you you doing that. It I did it um, for soccer. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun. It's just you know just yeah. having fun kicking the ball around. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Good. I'll definitely keep that in mind. I'll definitely yeah. keep that in mind. You know that, that I think that's kind of all the all the questions I had. Um, actually, I had one more um, about. Uh, psychology and you know for me like i don't know i it seems like you're you've kind of mastered um psychology (laughs) that's awfully kind thank you my friend (laughs) i um at least for me you know i i I think you're uh you, you get your word out pretty well um i've seen like you know on tiktok and stuff um even though you know you might not get a whole lot of likes, um, it, it it's really like useful information, um, especially like you know your dating advice. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it, my friend. I appreciate you saying. That. Um, so how how do you get all like all this information? Is it just like through school, personal experience, anything else? So uh, the most of it, you know, so you, you name two right off the bat, you know, one of them is obviously personal experience, right? Situations that I'm in, oftentimes, I, whenever I'm in a situation, I try to do what's scarier. So like if I'm on the bus, sometimes I'll like force myself to talk to a stranger. I know that sounds super weird, but yeah. sometimes it goes well. Other times it's totally awkward and she doesn't hear me and everyone does hear me. And it, but like, that's a story, right? Like now that's a story. Like I, I want to come, you know, so, so that's one where. Um, sometimes at school, you know, we're learning about a couple of different chapters and maybe there's a specific concept or a specific chapter that really stands out. That's something that I, I come and share. Uh, another big one is honestly, it's just the books, man. Like, you know, when you read like 17 of these, eventually you just hear so many. I kid you not. And then what happens is like the ideas, they start to merge together and then you start making your own ideas based off of those. So to anyone who wants to become knowledgeable, my recommendations, things that you can do right now without depending on other people is read and YouTube. And what can you do on YouTube? Uh, there's a guy called Charisma on Command. I'm not sure if you've heard of him, but big YouTube account about, you know, how to develop charisma and confidence and all those tips. There are a bunch of seminars. So you can look at people like, uh, like um, I mean, just listening to guys, right? Like a Gary Vaynerchuk, like a John right. C. Maxwell, like a Darren Hardy. And you can type in, I don't know if you've, uh, have you heard of um, The Wolf of Wall Street, Jordan Belfort? I've heard of it. Um, haven't gone into it but for sure no but just like using him as an example you know he was such a big guy and he was known as one of the best salesmen in in the world and he was known for closing deals and all closing deals was he was the guy who could make you say yes to his product and if you actually go to youtube right now or when i did it two three weeks ago you can type in jordan belfort a seminar and a seminar that you would have to pay for drive to to attend is now on youtube for free where he talks about his like big business stuff for one hour so for one hour, it's like you're attending a free lecture of Jordan Belfort, which was not possible 20 or 30 years ago. You know, so it really is that, man. It's like anything that you want to learn, how to be confident, man, YouTube it. And don't just watch one video. 
watch 10 videos of different creators. Put them yeah. all together, take the likes and push away the dislikes. And, and that is my friend, in my, in my own opinion of how you can become really knowledgeable. And you, you can learn anything off YouTube. It, it, it's crazy. I know like when I started, I started starting this podcast and um, I've, I've already learned so much, like even doing these settings, this is all from YouTube and, and uh, camera thing I sent you already um, all from YouTube. <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I think everyone has to start from the ground up and YouTube's is such a great way to uh, just build that foundation. You said it, my friend. It's free. Anybody could use it regardless of your, your ethnicity, regardless of your religion or, or whatever. There's no – like I think, Michael, what we're doing right now is so revolutionary because if we wanted to do this 20, 30 years ago, either one of us has to have hundreds of thousands, of, if not millions of dollars to buy a radio show, buy you know a five-minute segment with me and Micah, and then there's a producer in your ear going, Micah, don't say that. Micah, actually, don't talk about sports. That's boring. Talk about flowers instead. You know what I mean? <laughs> To be able to do this yeah. unfiltered for an hour if you wanted to or three hours is is so crazy because it's like th there's there's never going to be a point where they say, okay, I either have to listen to Micah's podcast at 1 p.m. or I have to listen to Daniel's. It's like, no, man, you have it on Spotify and iTunes. You can download it and listen to them whenever you want. You know, it's not – we're not yeah. battling over a one-hour time slot. And I know. It, it, crazy. It, it's crazy. Um, I know speaking of um, – Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, he's actually on live on Twitch on TikTok right now. It's just crazy. Is uh, he? Actually, yeah. He TikTok for twelve hours on live. Brian, I heard about that. I heard of, that's insane, man. That's nuts. But I so I tried going on, but it's not available in Canada for for some reason. It's, it's only, really oh, that's yeah. Sucks. Sucks. But, um, yeah, speaking of him, um, I know you did an interview with someone who talked to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was kind of listening to a couple episodes last night and uh, um, you know, how, how was that experience for, uh, was it Kate, Katie? Or Katie? Katie? Yeah. Yeah. For Katie. Katie. Yeah. Um, you know, how was that experience for you? You know, her talking about her experience and uh, relating to, to your experiences. Oh, it was so awesome. Micah. It was, by the way, my friend, if I talk too fast, remind me, cause sometimes I get excited. And my mouth, blah, 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 blah. so if I have to I slow down it. a little, feel free to let me know. I won't take any offense to it. You're good. But, um, thank you, brother. But it, it was so cool, man. So I, you know, again, I'm I see her talk to Gary. I hit her up on on Instagram. I say, hey, I loved your video talking to Gary. You know, would you like to come on my podcast and, and we can talk about it? Super sweet girl. She was more than happy to oblige. And and you know, being able to sit and even through Zoom, having her, you know, tell me how amazing it was and how excited it was. And she sent the text, you know, to Gary's team, not really thinking anything of it. And then getting the text back and be like, yep, like we're gonna have you on the show talking to Gary and just the passion and the enthusiasm. It was a huge, huge indicator of like, Daniel, it is possible. Like you can. Like, even though I didn't talk to Gary Vaynerchuk, I talked to someone who did. And it's like, if if that is a possibility. You, Micah, being able to talk to a world-renowned soccer star is not impossible. I sincerely yeah. believe that. I, I mean, I'm not saying anything's guaranteed, but if you say, Daniel, does Micah have a chance? I would say he 100% does. Yeah. I think also uh, for me in the world of sports is just pure networking. Definitely. Like you, Definitely. Just, you just can't go anywhere, at least in sports, you just can't go anywhere without getting to know someone or someone who knows someone. And I, I, I know Victoria is just just – it's so small, but it seems so big too. But yeah, if, you, man. if you knew four or five people, you know, everyone in, in the city. <laughs> for sure, my man, for sure. Okay, but you uh, said I mean, networking is everything. 
Yeah. Is it sort of the same in, in uh, your program too? You know, just networking and getting to know people? Oh, for sure, my friend, definitely. I, I would recommend anyone, you know, if you are at UVic or, you, you you know, wherever you are, try to, you know, meet your profs. Try to meet as many people as possible. You never know. You know, the guy beside you might open up a clinic and need an assistant. Or, you know, the guy beside you might want to start a business and you have just the idea for him. So I think it is only beneficial, not to mention for us podcasters, right, Michael? Like the influence of, you know, let's say you jam someone with who has a big following. They come on your podcast and now, well, that's free marketing for you, right? Now you got a bunch of new listeners. Yeah, I, I interviewed um, a player from Pacific FC. Uh, yeah, yeah, I heard that one. I heard that one. No, the, the audio is so bad on that one. Yeah, that that was my most viewed uh, episode. That's awesome, man. That's sick. And, you know, two episodes in. He posted all over his Instagram. and. Uh, That's amazing, man. Yeah. That's amazing. It's fun. It's fun time. Um, I bet, my friend. I bet. Yeah. Um, I know for me, for, for school, uh, you know, getting to know people, um, this is the big difference between, uh, col- college and university for, for myself, at least at Camosun, we have classes that are restricted for our program. Mm. So I'm in a class with about, you know, let, let's say we're in, uh, I took accounting last semester and, um, you know, we, there's about, let's say, 30 people in the class. Okay, for sure. 20 of those are just sports management students. Oh, oh. Yeah. Whoa. So, you know, we're, we're all in the same classes. Um, and then our, obviously, our sports classes were, is just us, like, you know, 20 people. Um, and, you know, you just build relationships off that. You know, we're, we're in a group chat on Facebook, uh, just kind of posting stuff. And, uh it, it, I, that makes a huge difference, at, at least for school, um, getting to know that many people as just like a support system rather than just, you know, relying on the teacher. Definitely, man. Definitely. It's so good to have extra eyes and extra pair of ears. Just making sure everyone's on the right page. You can help each other out. It's pretty invaluable. And do, do, do you have anything like that at UVic, you know, sort of like, a, like a, another support system rather than, you know, the staff? Um, you know, Nothing, um, I think, you know, the biggest support system would just be, you know, just like the making friends, right? Like you, you know, you meet one person and then you two meet another two group of people. And there was this one class that I had, it was so cool. Where basically you knew everybody in the first row. So, so, you know, what started off with two people turned to like 14 and we make like these big group chats. And, and that was about, that was about it just to make sure yeah. everyone's you know, on the right page. So you're, you, you always sit in the first row in every class. <laughs> I tried to sit first three rows. And, yeah. uh, you know, the biggest reason is just because you get distracted, man. I get distracted. I, I sat in the back row once. I swear to you, there's one guy watching Netflix on his laptop on the left. There's another guy watching a football slash soccer game on the right. <laughs> it's, it's People are having discussions back there. Like, it's, you know. It's, I was uh, in my economics class. My, you know, the, the friend from it, my English class, uh, him and I were, you know, sitting next to each other. And the one dude in front of us was always watching soccer. And, uh he ended up dropping the class and we were so upset because he, <laughs> he didn't watch any soccer anymore. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, uh, yeah. You, you have any, um, any questions for me? Um, you know, my friend, off the top of my head, um, Micah, it's been a few months since I, I was really emerged in, um, in, in soccer or in football, if you will. What are, yeah. what, what, are, what are some of the big things going on right now? Like what are some of the, the, the big stars or big moves or big trades? 
Not not a whole lot of transfers, um, but you know, there's there's rumors going around. Obviously, uh, the one thing that was really really interesting is, um, you know, obviously teams are playing without uh, crowds in the in the oh, state. Um, the Korean league, they used sex dolls in the stands. Really. At- to provide an atmosphere or whatever. It was so crazy. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so oh, man. they got in trouble for that, obviously. Um, yeah, yeah. And then uh, I think there's another league. I, I just saw this today where they're using, like, fake crowd noises. Interesting. Very interesting. Huh. It, it doesn't really make that much sense. It's, it's, I don't know. It, it, it's oh, just really weird. You know, club, they're losing a lot of money already. There's no point of purchasing all these dolls. And, and mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Hey, Michael, my friend, who's the best player in the world right now besides uh, Ronaldo and Messi? Uh, I was going to say Messi, but um, besides Ronaldo and Messi, say, I talked about this with Noah uh, Verhoeven. Um, we outlined our top five players. So it was Messi... I think our list was really similar. In Messi, Ronaldo. Yeah. Uh, what was it? I think Neymar. You know him? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. Definitely. Of course. Uh, of course. Of course. And then Kylian Mbappe. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Same thing as Neymar. Yeah, yeah. Young uh, guy. Super young guy. He, uh, 20, in the World Cup, he was like 18 or something. And wow. Uh, on like a young player of the year or young that's player at the insane. tournament and that's insane. yeah he's massive guy too um the number five i think i like virgil van dyke on liverpool oh, oh good yeah he, good, he was good, the yeah, running for um the ballon d'or award oh wow center back or defender wait did he actually okay i um what well, did he win the one right after luka modric no uh, Messi did. Okay, Messi won it after that, and then Van Dyke won it after Messi. Is that correct? Van Dyke actually didn't win it. He was just in the running for it. Oh, he was just in the running. Okay, my apologies. Messi, I misunderstood. Messi took it from him. I was gonna say, Mike. I feel like man, the defenders don't get as much. You know, like like I feel like like if you're a striker and you score goals, you get a different kind of um, spotlight than if you're a you know Van Dyke or just I don't know man maybe a, I'm not saying Van Dyke isn't going to be you know in team of the year or Marcelo isn't going to be around so yeah. be, but I don't know if there'll ever be a day when they'll you know put a Ballon d'Or I hope they do but you know on a Ramos or on a Van Dyke or on a you know uh, Jordi like a, like a really good defender who doesn't just rely on hitting it in as long as Messi and Ronaldo are still alive I I, I don't know if they're anyone that else is a fair point it, that right? is a very fair point. <laughs> But yeah, I, I I completely agree. Like I think, you know, you have so many players around the world. Um, you know, PK, Van Dyke, uh there's just so many good defenders. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't get the recognition they deserve. And honestly, I think Van Dyke definitely could have sh- should have won Ballon d'Or this year. Um but I again Messi put up ridiculous stats, so I, I think when people like compare players, they're looking at um, you know goals and assists and all all that stuff, right? But mm-hmm. as defenders, you know you're not you're not producing. You're not expected to. So. That's not even. Yeah, 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 for sure. 
So I, yeah, I, I completely agree. They were really, uh, um, what's the word underrated. What's, um, who, who's the best defender in the world right now? Van Dyke. Van Dyke. Van Dyke? Yeah. Who's, yeah. Is there a second? Is there a close second or no? Is, there, is a Van Dyke um, head and shoulders above the rest? I'd say PK. PK. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. He, uh, he's really underrated in my opinion. He's wow. one, one of the best defenders in the world. I, I think he's better than Sergio Ramos. And that was going to be my, my next question. That's going to be a follow-up. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Good to know. Now is that, okay. Is there any bias involved with you being a Barcelona fan? Just Maybe, maybe. Uh-huh. But uh, no, I, I think his, uh, he's, he's really calm. And uh, mm-hmm. that, that's what I like in, um, in uh, soccer players, people who are calm on the ball gotcha. just, and just calm in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that, that, that's how I was assessing, you know, my players when we're doing training uh, for trials, you know, just seeing who's, who's calm, who's... Ooh, I like it. Who's, uh, you know, mentally there, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, 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 for sure. Oh, man, that is cool, dude. That is yeah. cool. How about so, you? Uh, hey, man. How about to, oh me best defender yeah. I uh, you know and since I haven't been watching in the last few months my mind automatically goes back to like like uh, the year that Luka Modric won and right. I would always think about like oh like Ramos like even though he was a defender he had like a bunch of goals from corners like he was just yeah, phenomenal yeah. getting yeah. up there hitting the ball however I don't think that again like just going back to your point you know if if it's going to be a defender of the year goals shouldn't be the number one factor you right. know like the defender who scores the most goals that that shouldn't be how we how we categorize it. Um, but yeah, man, so, so, to be honest, because I haven't seen anything recently from what I've heard, I believe Van Dyke is the guy, you know, and, and I don't think I would argue. Like if anyone says Van Dyke, I'd be like, all right, man, like, it, it makes sense. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, runners up, I think definitely, man, PK, Ramos. Um, how, how is, um, how is Jerome Titi? Uh, he's, I haven't watched him. He, yeah, gotcha. he's good, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I haven't watched him. I haven't watched really much of Barcelona recently. Uh, there is a documentary now on Netflix I was watching. Uh, uh, Barcelona, it, it it's really good. I definitely recommend. Uh, yeah, you good. Watch I'll it. watch it. I'll definitely watch it. Yeah. How about um? How about uh? Best. Oh, by the way, Mike, is it cool if I keep asking you questions, man? Because nobody. Go for it. Go for it. Yeah, is that no, all right? It, good. No, it it's my interview, but uh, you know, I I just want to have a normal conversation. You know. Love it, brother. Love it. Who's your uh? Who do you think is the best midfielder in the world right now? Best midfielder. Because um, we're talking cams, CDMs, left yeah. mid, right mid, um, central mid. De Bruyne. Oh, man. Really? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Interesting. Um, have I, have you watched him? I not not in a long time, my friend. I kept my eyes on him when he was at Wolfsburg, and I had yeah. seen him a little bit when he was at Man City starting out, but but yeah. not not recently. No. He's he's insane. Yeah. Is, is it the passes or assists or goals? Everything. 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 Oh, that's cool, yeah. man. That's really cool. His yeah. crosses, he takes corners. Um, there's this one spot where just outside of the 18-yard box on the corner of the 18-yard box, mm-hmm. he just whips it in just far enough where the keeper can't get it, but just close enough to the goal where the strikers can kick it in. Oh man! Wow! Every really? single time, doesn't take a touch. He gets the pass back and just kicks it in. Wow! Yeah, that's amazing, man. Insane. Yeah. Man, who are uh, what are some some runners up for you in the the midfield? Oh man, and you're getting some tough questions. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So De Bruyne. 
Um, a couple of years ago, I would say Baldrige and Tony Cruz, but um, mm-hmm. you know they they're a little bit older now. Angolo right. um, Conte on Chelsea. Um, yeah. Um, and I'm just kind of going through my head, you know, the top. For sure, of course. Uh, you know, I'm just going through like, okay, Premier League, going through Manchester yeah, yeah, yeah. City and uh, Man City and Chelsea. Of course, you know. of course. How about Pogba? Is he in the conversation? I don't know. I don't oh, know. okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I think ever since he transferred to Manchester United, he um, obviously has the talent, right? But I don't think he lived up to the his $100 million transfer. Mm. Um, I think also, like, his mentality is kind of on and off. You know, uh-huh. sometimes he's really committed. Sometimes he's not really focused. And there's been lots of stuff over the past few years about, um, you know, him leaving the club and, and just not showing up to training. And, gotcha. And I, I, when oh, when I rank these players, I'm like, well, who's showing up to training? Who's who's uh, really committed to to winning and just and just playing the game of soccer, right? Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. So I'd say Conte is up there. He actually refused to play this season because oh. of the, of the coronavirus. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Gotcha. Yeah, but, okay, um, you know. he's actually Chelsea excused him of training, and uh, well, that was kind of. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. So I, I even with that, I'll obviously put Conte there. He's one of the best midfielders in the world. Um, oh man, number three, and you're giving me this is so tough. <laughs> Good. There's um, um, okay. So Bundesliga. Let's go through Bayern. <laughs> um, I want to say like. And if if Iniesta or Xavi was still playing, those are unbelievable too. Um, I, I I honestly don't have a third. I I don't know. Okay, Maybe. so number one was Kevin De Bruyne, and yeah. number two was Ingolo Conte. Ingolo Conte. Wow. Okay, they reign supreme. Yeah. Um, and then top forwards, Messi, Ronaldo, and uh, Neymar. Okay, I so think that's a. Very fair that, point. That's my top three in all or in the world. So, yeah. I can see that, man. I can see that. I, I would agree with you. I would agree with you. How about yourself? At this point in time, anyways. Uh, the midfielders. Oh, midfielders is very tough, man. It's extremely I tough. because I, um, I haven't been watching too too recently, my right. uh, like mind is probably still thinking from like a year or two back. But there was like two years where wasn't didn't Real win the Champions League back to back? Yeah. And uh, I remember in that year, and it's phenomenal, I really thought Tony Cruz and Luka Modric were the best midfielders like, in mm-hmm. the world, or at least in the conversation. Yeah. But the one thing that kind of like hurt also was, you know, you have Luka Modric and Tony Cruz, fantastic players on the pitch, where you have these two like amazing players on the bench known as Isco and James Rodriguez. Yeah. And I feel like they, they could have really been world-class players had they yeah. gotten more playing touch. James Rodriguez especially because – he played in the 2014 World Cup. He was just on both. Yeah, yeah, exactly, man, exactly. Unfortunately, you know, he hasn't really panned out to what people expected of him. But man, it's a shame. It's a shame. It's a shame. I honestly think he, if he comes to Chelsea, that would be a great signing. Oh, yeah. yeah. How old is he now? Do you know? 
27. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's still solid. He was so young when he when he played for That's crazy, man. That World so Cup. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, So much potential. I think, I think like having if if he went to Chelsea, that'd be a great signing. Mm-hmm. You take those free kicks and stuff. And wow, him and and, and uh, Conte on the same team. Yeah. That'd be nice, man. That'd be nice. You got any other questions? Ooh, uh, best mid. Uh, sorry, best goalkeeper in the world right now. Um, Tristegen, Mark Andre Tristegen. Okay. Neuer. Um, I don't know. Neuer, you're probably thinking Manuel Neuer by his knee there, but. Mm. Uh, Tristegen is, is just unbelievable. Foot skills is is really good too. Oh, good. yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, is uh. I mean, everyone on Barcelona is, um, they test out their foot skills. So everyone's like super good on the ball. And, yeah. And uh, what, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, my friend, in, in, if you were going to name three of the greatest goalkeepers that you've ever seen, who, who would they be? Like your own, this is subjective. I'd put it all time. I think I might just go like the last 10, 12 years because that's when I started watching soccer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Obviously, you know, you have people like Peter Schmeichel, who's in the 90s, obviously one of the mm, okay. I, I've ever seen. But, you know, he he was before my time. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go like the past, you know, 10, 12 yeah, years. Yeah, for sure. So I'd say um, Iker Casillas. Mm, that was my number one. That yeah. was my number one. That's sick, man. Um, Victor Valdez. Insane keeper. Oh, interesting. What what what, uh, what team did he play for? Barca. Barca, gosh. Gotcha. Yeah. At the at the same time, Casillas was at Real Madrid. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's insane keeper. Insane yeah. keeper. And third, we Van der Sar. Mm, well, what, United. what team did he play for? Manchester United. Oh, gosh, I was not aware. Yeah. Cool, yeah. Oh, man. It's been a long day today. <laughs> yeah, man, for sure. For sure. What are your plans for the rest of the day? Um, not much. We actually just got a, if you didn't know, I got a um, a new dog. Oh, congrats, man. What kind of dog? It's a mini Australian Shepherd. Very cool, man. Very cool. He's about uh, five and a half months old now. Oh, that's so, adorable, man. Yeah. Uh, Congratulations, so, Michael. That's awesome. I just hanging out with him and... Uh, I, I think my brother took him for a walk. So, yeah. Oh yeah. What, what's uh, what's your plans? Me, and my man. The plan will be to um, eat some food, and then <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, eat some yes. food. Uh, do a good workout uh, in the afternoon. Afternoons are always my go-to's for workouts. Finish that, and then hopefully, I would really like to either record a podcast or just like edit some podcasts. Right. And I'm I'm gonna be editing all day today. So love it, man. Love it. Love it. Love I'll um. I'll send you those uh, those settings for, um, you know, how I set up my, my microphone and stuff. Yeah, that'd be fantastic, man. That'd be dope. That'd be yeah. awesome. All right, everyone. Thank, thanks a lot for uh, tuning in to episode five of the Goal Side podcast. Uh, make sure to follow Daniel on Instagram. Daniel, what? Uh, just tell everyone your uh, social media and, and uh, you know, every, all the platforms you're on. For sure, man. So the podcast, you can find the Daniel Teaches Experience. And when you're spelling Daniel, that's D-A-N-I-A-L. So again, the Daniel Teaches Experience podcast. And also on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, everywhere. It's just Daniel Teaches, D-A-N-I-A-L Teaches. Sweet. 
And uh, make sure to follow me on Instagram too, Micah underscore Collins 10. Um, you know, if you want some comedy, I'm posting a lot on TikTok as well. Uh, Micah.Collins. And uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see you guys next time. Awesome. Take it easy. Oh, you know, man. Oh, you know, man. Oh, you know, man.